Red Hill Podcast is a production of Impulse Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Rousey, Charlene, Newell, Chip, leads us to old school. Steve Potts, Fro, Hawk, Rick, Tate, Bowers, Hawk, Rucker, Tucker, Tank, Farm, Billy Gray, has the art, dance team at halftime, chorus kicks on the line. Oklahoma, West Side Story, Kyber, in all his glory. Washington will live on. Petty C, Paul Tuval, Tebow, Andrews, EJ Shore, Rob McKinley on the call. We wear blue, forever will. We will always be Red Hill. The Old School Red Hill Podcast is on the air. I am Brian Emmons with my compadres, Chip Jamerson. Hello, I heard at least one name in that snippet of the song that um, early w- will be mentioned by a couple of people on tonight's show. Um, you you have to listen to the song over and over. There might have been another name or two in there also. but uh, Whenever I hear Rucker Tucker Tank Farm, it brings a smile to my face every time. <laughs> it's great. Even the, the whole song does, but I love that part. And that voice belongs to another former quarterback, Mr. Gary Emmons. Good evening, guys. Glad to do another one tonight. Yeah, we're going to kind of keep the same theme. Uh, We worked on uh, quarterbacks last year, started in 73, left off with what? uh, 78 where we stopped at. Yeah. So that, you know, if you're, if you're scoring at home, if we left off at 78, we must be going to start with 79. So we're uh, just going to stay in the same order. It was my turn. You, uh, I did 73 and 77, 77. 76, yeah, 73 and 76, so it must be my turn, but go ahead, continue your introduction. Yeah, well, you just in that it, same order going. Only other thing I've got to say is this podcast, just like everyone, is brought to you by our friends at Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport, People's State Bank, the Andrews Insurance Agency, of course, now part of the Burkhart Insurance Agency, and Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. So let's, let's just jump right into it. Uh, 1979. Let's talk about our quarterback. All right. We're going to wrap up the decade here. When we left off, Ray Price had just finished a sophomore season at quarterback. Um, A good season for a sophomore in 78 as Brino went into. So coming into camp this year, some years you're kind of, you're between a couple guys who could start. You're not really sure. And throughout the season, there may be, you know, if you struggle, there might be a change made. In 1979, there is no question who the quarterback of this team is going to be. He returns for his second year. He's just a junior. He's a 5'8", 140-pound junior, Ray Price. He's back for another year. His backups, looks like we have six-foot sophomore Steve Potts. Okay. Listed on the roster, 5'11", junior Jerry Newell. And six-foot junior Greg Bourne kind of plays all over the field. But if you need him at quarterback, he can step in. He's just an all-around great football player. He's going to be receiving snaps from Larry Carnes this year. Okay. Now, if you listen to any of our, I think it was the 8081 podcast, this was a duo on the wrestling mats. I think they might have, both of them may have gone to state, Carnes and Price. So a connection there that carried over to the to, to the winter sports. So our coaching staff, we still got Bill Huff at the helm. Okay. And he'll be assisted by Mike Ray again this year. And I think maybe a new assistant on the staff, Mr. Jeffrey Lynn, yes. is um, new. Might, might have just moved into the district. So, okay. um, North Knox alum. North Knox alum, Jeffrey Lynn. And they did refer to him as Jeffrey. You may know him as Jeff Lynn these days. Uh, let's see. Anything. Uh, 
one thing I, when studying this season, I, I did have access to the daily record this time. We didn't have that last week when we did this. Yeah, we were solely uh, commercial last time. The website was down. And I pretty much went solely daily record this time to mix it up a little bit. I didn't I pretty talk- much. I went solely daily record this time. Yeah, I have to say pretty much. I did sneak a peek at the Sun commercial for something. I talked about this guy before in other podcasts. The sports writer Hal T. Ward. Hal T. Ward. Uh-huh. Hal T. Wow. The work he put into the sports section that fall. He would do the conference statistics every week and had the leaders in every category, fumble recoveries, oh, wow. interceptions, rushing yards, everything. So, and he talked about it. It was, it was an, it was quite an undertaking, but all the help he had from sports writers and coaches around the conference, helping him fill in all the blanks. So kudos to how T wore on those stats. One theme throughout the season is and and how T like to put these in his articles. He'd kind of like a jab. It was a little jab. So the first couple weeks were on the road. Then we played Mount Carmel week three, a first home game, and under the new thirty five thousand dollar lights, he liked to put <laughs> nice. in his articles. And then week four, we played Carmi at home. He had to get that little subtle jab in there again <laughs> to open his preview article. Red Hill will be hosting Carmi under the new $35,000 light. Just stir, so, just stir in the pot a little bit. <laughs> the, wow. So if you were at the field in the late 79 and the early 80s and you noticed things were a little brighter and you were always wondering why, it was those new lights that our uh, school board approved earlier in the year so let's any idea how old of a guy how i i can't imagine somebody named hal t ward was a young man (laughs) (laughs) i mean he was at one time but if you're going by hal t ward i i just can't imagine thought i had you guys um it must have been it's probably last week there was a player that we didn't really know i think his name was ralph ward yeah my guess is Ralph and how to that Ralph is how oh, wow. son possibly or maybe con- a grandson. I don't know, but considered that. <laughs> yes. Um, because how T doesn't stay around the daily record forever. And Ralph Ward kind of vanished from the County too. We think so. Well, I just found a how T Ward that was born. Oh, wait, this, this guy was born in, this guy was born in 1918. That couldn't be him. Well, I mean, <laughs> let's see. You mean like his 60s? Well, that's true. Yeah, that is true. That may have been, maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, it does fit. The primary targets for uh, Raymond Price this year will be Doug Shank, a fellow junior. Those two, they've been playing sports together for years, and they've still got this year and next year at Red Hill High School to continue that. So I'm sure Gary will have more on them as well. I don't know. We never know what's going to happen in 1980. Greg Boren's going to be one of the primary targets. And then Brian Butler, who we haven't heard a lot about. And I was thinking, well, we've never mentioned Brian Butler on the podcast. I don't know him at all. I listened back to Gary's season preview of 1979. We actually did the 7980 podcast and the work he did on that was a reference that I used for this. Gary mentioned Brian Butler a little bit on that episode. So yeah. Brian Butler has been, but he kind of stopped being in the articles. Like he was leading the NEC in receiving early on. Oh, wow. Like first five weeks of the year, like this guy is the number one receiver <laughs> and in the just, conference. And then nothing. Wow. So he was the, the son of teacher uh, Ron Butler. Oh my. Yeah. Wow. This is great. There you I go. did not know this. Yep. 
And so I opened up the 79 yearbook, which I have a copy of here. And one of our listeners was gracious enough to pass on to me an old 79 yearbook. Thank you. There was a picture of Coach Huff and Coach Ray carrying Brian Butler off the uh, field with an ankle injury. Oh, so goodness. now it's all kind of coming together. Why we stopped hearing from Brian Butler is I'm assuming this was probably a season ender. I'm not sure. It doesn't say what week this picture was taken, but I'm guessing around week five or six. Huh. So, so those are our primary targets for us. And I talked about how um, Butler was in lead receivers in the conference. Well, it's easy to be the leading receiver in the conference when your quarterback's the number one passer in the conference. Wow. Yeah, we're talking the North Egyptian Conference here. And he, and didn't, Ray, and he didn't pass much in the year before. And, and probably not prolific passing stats that you would expect when I say number one passer, but he was just like week one passed for 51 yards. Oh, okay. Um, week two, 83 yards against Salem. Um, week three, I don't have that, but it wasn't a whole lot against Mount Carmel. He did have a 15 yard TD pass to Shank. Uh, week four, as I, and week four was a nice one against Carmine. 14 for 30 for 180 yards. Oh, wow. You see that. Yeah. So this is uh, Raymond Price we're talking about here. Um, he threw a 59-yard pass that game to Shank. So that was a lot of your yardage there. Um, uh, if my math is correct here, that's 12.85 yards a pass. There you go. First downs. I mean, yeah. that's what, moving the chains. Yeah. Keep them, <laughs> keep them going. Holtzy. Holtzy and who else? <laughs> Brad Purcell. No, who's the who's the chain gang? Well, sure. I don't know who it would have been then. But. Um, oh, I got these Edwards County stats. We played Edwards County that year, of course, week five. Uh, Twenty for forty-four for two hundred fifty-two oh yards. <laughs> Holy cow! How many yards? Two hundred fifty-two. Wow. And then 20... he, had, but he had a lot of yard yep. games. Or... Right there, he's sticking right there. Twelve point six. Yeah, there's a play. There's a play out there. Just about 12 and a half yards. It's yep. working. And he's got three options on the play. Boren, Shank, or Butler for most of the season. And then, um, yeah, 70-70 and Solney. So, yeah, throughout the week, I kind of followed this. If you just look at how T-Ward stats, you wouldn't because Price would be near the in the middle because he ordered it by completion percentage. So, completion percentage, he was middle of the pack. But yards, attempts and completions those three categories he was number one in the nec in all three categories it might so, be because they could finally see on home games with those lines. Yeah, yes um so now i'm kind of hyping up this season a little bit i'm doing a little bit different i'm just kind of going through some some highlights and not kind of not going week by week but i kind of give you a quick overview in a little bit it was an 0-9 season so we we had a lot of those over the years. I had an 0-9 season. I think I did the other the other night. I had an 0-9 season. So it's the second time I've had the burden of having having to cover one of these. Spoiler alert. <laughs> there's more coming. <laughs> there's, there's, there's at least one more coming. <laughs> um, well, as we talked about last week, you can see why back then there's, there was people. It, was, it didn't start in the 90s and 2000s. There was a clamoring to get out of the NEC because of the difficult schedule. Um, we opened up with Fairfield, who was kind of picked near the bottom of the conference with us. We lost that one 14 to eight. And um, that hurts because that's your one conference game. You think you probably got a good yeah. shot in and then lost to Salem 
on the road, of course. Mount Carmel, 45 to 14. Carmi, 46 to 8. We've talked about the powerhouse that Carmi was back there in the 70s. Uh, you ex- Edwards County was it was not the homecoming game. It was down at Edwards. That was the 252-yard passing game. But we um, lost at 16 to 8. So all those we were only able to get one touchdown that game. Um, oh, see, ben, but don't break defense there that night. They let, yeah. they let him throw over the field, but tightened up inside the tournament. When things got tough. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I wrote down here. I mean, I wrote down price 20 for 44, 252. I assume that's correct. And, yeah. now, I've, and now I've got listed down underneath at four for 11 for 92 yards. <laughs> 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 so... <laughs> Maybe that was just that's up to I that I think point. that's probably the next week against only maybe. <laughs> so, 12.6 and a cloud of dust. <laughs> so, yeah, four for 11, 92 yards. Yeah, so maybe that's somebody's receiving yards. Maybe that was like Shanks receiving yards or something. Four catches. We'll, for go, le- we'll go with that. Yeah. No, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay. All right, let's move on. So uh, week six. You know, Alney, great team in the 70s and 80s. What do I always notice about Alney? Every year we play them tough. 24-18 loss in that one to Alney. So double overtime loss to Alney in that one. And then um, Flora wasn't very good. They came in. I'm not sure what their record was, but we lost 33-2 to Flora. Uh, Punter stepped out of the end zone for our two points. And then... (laughs) Okay. <laughs> then, they were scared that the goal was going to get blocked. Yeah. And then we, can, we play Oblong. This is uh, this, every this is year. Game you, it's one of those games on the schedule you expect to compete in, but we lost to them 30 to 14. Lawrenceville was really good that year. They were in the battle with Mount Carmel for the NEC title, lost the head to head to Mount Carmel. I think they finished the season seven and two. Lawrenceville but, was on a good run there in the late 70s. Yeah, and this was um, this team featured a young sophomore quarterback, Doug Novsek, who put up some, his, and his brother Joe played some quarterback too. They had a, I don't have the running backs in, but running back had over three thousand yards in his career um, at Lawrenceville. So they were they were really loaded in the late seventies, and we dropped that game fifty two to six. So it was an zero and nine uh, season uh, on the on the year. Price went 47 for one, 47 for 118 passing for 539 yards, 10 INTs. Doug Shank caught 14 of those passes, two touchdowns. Greg Bourne had 10. Butler didn't show up in the statistics. So it was something less than 10, but there for a while before the injury, no. Butler was definitely um, near the top. Now, I have to say it was a season with – a lot of good athletes on this team. I didn't even admit because I didn't get into running backs. Jeff Hawkins was a heck of a running back back then, and he had a big season. So I'm sure with all those talented athletes that you had, those guys in the class of 81 that we've meant that I, I've mentioned, and so many more that I haven't mentioned because I focus on the quarterback, you know, guys like Brian Zellers, Merle Harvey, um, team MVP Tony Lytus. I mean, a lot of talent on this team to go 0 and 9, I'm sure. After that Fairfield loss the first week, after that Edwards County loss, that yeah, overtime loss, right. the loss to Lawrence. I'm sure in the locker room, there were a lot of sad eyes. And 
a number one song <laughs> during this football that. season <laughs> during the during October of 1979 was the Robert John number one hit Sad Eyes. Brian Butler, his ankle was hurt. It's over. I don't want to see you cry. So we hope next season, Gary usually seems to draw the, the big winning season. So hopefully with all this coming back, I mean, Raymond should be, I assume he'll get the quarterback job next year. We'll find out. Jeff Hawkins back at running back, Doug Shank at receiver. I mean, a lot of good, a lot of talented kids in this class of 81. Um, bigger and better things ahead next year. And congratulations to Raymond Price for all conference honorable mention quarterback for those big numbers he put up. Nice. And congratulations to you, Chip. You get to play the first round as we wrap up 1979. You get to play the first round of sponsor roulette. Do you want number one, two, three, or four? I'm going to pick number one. And I think that's Andrew's insurance. For over 75 years, one family has been cooking fantastic dinners for your family. I know every time we had relatives into town, that's where we went. Gray's restaurant. I know when there was a special occasion and we all wanted to go out to eat, we went to Gray's restaurant. Started off with Ralph all the way back 75 years ago, and Todd and Becky have run the show, and now the boys are doing their thing and I tell you what it's just as good as it ever was great steaks catfish cheeseburgers tenderloins you name it they've got lunch specials every day those great beef Manhattans in August every single Wednesday all kind of neat things chicken and noodles country fried steaks on there one day there's a bacon cheeseburger one day. Just check out the Facebook page. They got a calendar there, shows you what the special is every single day. They're open 10:30 a.m. to 9 p.m. You can pick it up at the window, 945-9501. But you know the thing to do at Gray's, go in, have a cold drink, sit down. You're gonna see some people that you know. Maybe see some people you haven't seen in a while. That's the great thing about having a hometown restaurant that treats you right. Gray's Restaurant does just that. They serve good food and cold drinks to go with it. 945-9501. They're at 955 East State Street in Bridgeport. Let the Gray family cook for your family today. Let Gary Emmons tell you about the quarterback of 1980 right now. Well, let's move on in. We've got Bill Huff at the helm once again, 16 16- Letterman returned, 33 on the varsity roster, which is about normal for what, what you see these days. 33 Letterman. Yes. Yeah. No big shock. Five foot nine, 160 pound chip. What'd you have, Matt? I was going to say, what do you weigh? In, what do you weigh? Is this? Five, eight, one, five, eight, 160. So he put on 20 pounds of muscle. Between his junior and senior year, pretty impressive. But six two Ray Price back is, in my day. <laughs> Ray Price is going to be returning at quarterback. Dave Pink's going to be his center. 
Of course, some of the names are already mentioned. We got Hawkins back. We got Shank back. Shank caught 15 uh, passes last year for 205 yards. I had his uh, his junior stats for Ray Price, 49 to 119, 41%. 546 yards uh, was his passing. So, you know, 540. that to what Al T. Ward had. Okay. How, what were his um, passing numbers that you had? 49 for 119. I for 47 for 118. So okay. 546 yards. 539. Okay. So they found a pass in there, a seven-yard pass in there somewhere. That... Somewhere. Somewhere <laughs> in there they did. Other quarterbacks on the roster, number 12, Tony Gaither, was going to be backing up. Price and the number eight, Robert Darnold. It's going to be the youngster on this on the staff this go around. <clears throat> As we had um, last time, I couldn't find any, anything on the on the Salem. Um, I'm sorry, in the Fairfield game, but you know we came into this. We had a lot of guys returning, a lot of the top athletes returning, and of course we open up September 5th with the Fairfield Mules, and we. What? Okay, this we is what win. I like to hear. Yes. So we start off the season a 12-day victory, hard-fought win. So that would be 1980. Would that have been? <laughs> What's that? Would that have been at Fairfield or home? I'm trying to think what years. Let's were. see. Even-numbered years. So I know the odd we were down. Yeah, it would have been home because we had two road games last year on mine. Okay. So we started at home against Fairfield and pull out a tough 12-8, uh, 12-8 victory. Don't have any stats on this. Yeah, we were definitely um, home because the next year we go to Fairfield. And then again, what's what's good about Red Hill? You know the schedule for, for yeah. Most, well, you, you know you used to yeah yeah. You did a little bit different now, but back in the seventies and eighties, into the nineties, uh, pretty consistent schedule throughout year. You always know what's coming up. Week two, Salem Wildcats. They're, they think, have come to our place this year. They are. They're coming. They to, the long coming, trip. They're I think, coming to Red Hill. I think they played them tough, but lost. Well, we're down. We get down fourteen to nothing. 14 to nothing early. Um, things aren't looking good, but we pulled within. Um, we're down 20 to 14 now. We're in the fourth quarter. We need Price to lead us on a drive. Okay. And, and uh, Coach Huff put in the two-minute drill this week because he thought we may need it. With one minute to go, third and six is the, is the, is the down here. Price hit Greg Bourne with a 13-yard touchdown pass. Oh, my. We are tied at 20 with a minute to go. Yes. I'm actually nervous. <laughs> so, have we? Have you gone over the conversion yet? Have, have not. Are, okay, so you're – We're so celebrating think, the touchdown. We just tied it up. So, I, you, you do something – you get Hawkins the ball. I mean, that's what you got to do here. Or do you use Hawkins as a decoy? <laughs> Do you well, fake you it to Hawkins? From previous seasons, what did Coach Huff like to do a lot on two-point conversions? Throw uh, pass. He, he threw, threw the ball it. a lot on two-point conversions from just the scouting that I remember doing yeah. here. You know Jeff Lynn's calling for a pass. I'm sorry, Jeffrey Lynn's calling for a pass <laughs> right now. Throw it, Coach. Throw it. Price takes the snap. He rolls right. Can't find anybody. Tuck it. And he crosses, nope. tucks it in, crosses for a 22 to yes. 20 victory. We beat Salem. <laughs> we beat Salem 22 to 20. We're 2 and 0. Oh. 2 and 0 oh, Red Hill. Oh. This is great. And it was actually getting down 14 that we dominated the game. Red Hill 280 yards to Salem 77. Played great on both sides of the ball and pulled out a victory. Not sure if we'd ever beat Salem to this point. I don't know. I can't remember talking about some of this if 
Red Hill had beat Salem. I don't remember. I can't, but anyway, regardless, zero and nine to two and zero, wow. and that's a, a, a great, a great uh, uplifting moment for the Slukies. Early and I think probably year. in the locker room after the game, I think I know what song they might have played. Just maybe with the big boombox that Dave Panks put up on his shoulder, I think he's going to play a Queen song for you. Yeah. Kids are going crazy. I'll bet that. I mean, I'm just some really. I'm getting chills thinking about that locker room because we're at home. We're we're at Red Hill. Thinking about that locker room after beating Salem, 22 to oh, 20. Gosh. Little old Red Hill. nine last year. Little old Red Hill comes back, and you know what? A, what a great start to the year. We're gonna beat That's Mount Carmel. We're gonna moments. beat Mount Carmel. <laughs> that is one of my favorite moments in podcast history. Was that one over Salem right there? I was nervous. <laughs> I was. I didn't think we were gonna convert that. <laughs> we did, and we held him. Of course, great victory. Oh, Bridgeport and Sumner is as thrilled as can be. On fire. I mean, we you know what? Love for Ray Price. Two years of you know. Oh, and 18. I mean, you know how it is, Gary. It was yeah, kind of similar to your senior year. I mean, all the lumps that you had to take to get oh, to that sure. senior year and the success that you saw then. I mean, very similar path. Yeah, four, four, uh, four pretty rough years. And then, yeah, and then having that, that, that was really pretty awesome, too. We know what's looming. We know we got Matt Carmel. Same old, same old. Unfortunately, our. Our little nice little run comes to a screeching halt. Cue Robert 40. John and Sad Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was the year they won state, maybe. So this is a good Mount Carmel team. Yeah, 42 this year loss to the eventual state champs. He uh, he had a rough game. Ray had a rough game. He completed six to ten passes. Unfortunately, he's only for 11 yards. So um, a tough, tough goal about it there. And then again, we've said it over and over. Carmi had a great squad too. We lost twenty six to eight to eight to them. And I will say, Ray didn't throw the ball. And uh, you know, you you got you got Hawkins back there. You have an opportunity to run the ball a little bit more, a little bit of a better offensive line from the previous year. So the the throwing numbers they weren't they weren't anything spectacular during this year. Carmi three of twelve for twenty five yards. We got Edwards County now. <clears throat> so. Uh, uh, got Edwards County. We're sitting at what two and two at this point. It two is homecoming. We shut out Edwards County, twenty-two to nothing. Okay. Uh, Ray only he went three for twelve, twenty-six yards. Twenty-four of those came on a pass to Ken Thomas. There's so a new name. Sure. I don't that remember is, the name Ken that's Thomas. That's a new podcast name. Yeah. Twenty-four yard touchdown to Ken Thomas in the in the shutout victory Edwards County. Alney, what do we do against Alney? Always play. We always tough. play him tough. Thirteen to six loss to Alney. <laughs> That was I mean, that was Ray's best game of the year though. Seven of thirteen for 150 yards. We needed that through one. Through a 25 yard touchdown pass to Shank in the second quarter, played him tough. Four comes next, another hard fought loss, 20 to 14. So we're hanging in there without, yeah. with the exception of the Mount Carmel game. We've been we've been in it. So we've got game. Oblong and Lawrenceville. We got to sweep them. Lawrenceville we know is good back then. So five and four is gonna be tough. But I think we can. Yeah. I don't know. We got shot at four and five. Yeah, we'll Oblong's see. been playing some good football over the last few years, as we know. Well, we're should be a good three, game. We're sitting at three and four with Oblong. Yeah, and Shank going goes three for nine for twenty two yards. Did throw a touchdown pass to Butler, and he ran one in. Butler's back. I I figured he graduated. Is this still Brian, or is this Mark? 
Well, I just put Butler. I'm not really not sure. sure. I don't think Mark Butler played. Well, he. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I guess I could look it up real quick. And maybe sure I'll do that Brian. one. But we uh, we beat uh, Oblong uh, 30 to eight. So we're four and four. And you know who's coming up week nine? Lawrenceville. Again, Lawrenceville had some. They were they were pretty good back in these days. Um, we did finish the season at four and five. Okay, that's good. But we had you know it's four wins. Feeling good about things. Things are moving in the in the right direction. Ray Price wasn't all conference quarterback, but he was all conference defensive back um, for okay. for this year. And that last game, he was two and nine for fifty yards. He did catch a fake punt pass from Boren. So oh. Boren was the punter and hit hit a uh, hit uh, Ray with a, a little thirty four yard pass there. So good, but a great season. Four and five. Things things are feeling good in Red Hill. Um, unfortunately. Three year run of a. Did he start every game his junior or sophomore year? I think so. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm pretty sure. So, you know, a three, a great three year run, 27, 27 football games in a row without getting injured or anything or nothing severe. But, uh, you know, Ray had a great season and it was sad to come to an end for several of these guys, Hawkins and, uh, you know, some of these fellas. So, but let's, uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for 1980. Hopefully we keep this momentum going. All right. Yeah, and Brian Butler was in that. He's in that great eight class of eighty one. So okay. yeah, you yeah, would have been there still. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that was nineteen eighty. We're going to move on to nineteen eighty one after a break for a sponsor here. Gary, you want number uh, two, three, or four? Let's go four in the pizza house. Four. Gary's going to say it's the pizza house, but it is definitely number four. We'll find out. You tired of banks that don't care about you or the community? I know I just closed an account this past week. It was one we never used anymore, but I got to look, and heck, all we were doing was paying fees. They could have noticed that, but probably not a bank that looks out for you and, and the community. Not like People's State Bank and their four convenient locations in our, our area in Bridgeport, Sumner, St. Francisville, and Lawrenceville, Stacy Moore, one of the all-time great Salukis and his team will look out for you. And like they always do, just take a look at their Facebook page. They're involved in everything, not only in our community, but in all the other communities that they serve as well. Go see them for a personal touch, not the big banking, non-personal relationships that you get other places. Go see People's State Bank, Lawrenceville and St. Francisville, but more importantly, Sumner and Ridgeport. People's State Bank, a bank for our community. All right, as we move on to 1981, and uh, the headline in the preseason preview here is Inexperienced Salukis at Fairfield. That's right. We had a lot of graduating seniors um, that went out in that 1980 class few familiar names that you that you know um senior wing back tony gaither of course would be part of the red hill program for many years to come as a coach and your quarterback it's a new one this year so i'm he's been a long time since we had a new quarterback he is a senior so we do have some experience under center he's six foot two mm. that can't hurt anything He's going to clock in at 160. He wears number 10. 
Mm, and he's like the fifth quarterback in a row to wear number two. Oh, I know who this is gonna. And, yeah, this one's easy. And Chip <laughs> nicknamed him Powerhouse. Steve Powerhouse Potts. Steve Potts is going to get the nod at quarterback on this team. Not a lot of numbers. Uh, I'm looking at the roster here, and uh, they don't list the freshmen. So that that maybe there was a few more out, but there's not. There's only uh, looks like about twenty, maybe twenty five at the most on this roster he's going to be backed up by uh gaither is going to be a backup quarterback and they mentioned uh robert darnell who we talked about he's a senior he could also play some quarterback but um and then uh, sophomore jimmy medlin will also be a backup at quarterback so um, well, and they also list uh, Robert Gosnell as a backup quarterback here. So, uh, lots of lots of possibilities as they go into the 1981 campaign. And uh, your captains are uh, the aforementioned Gaither, John McDonald gets uh, gets named a captain, and. Uh, Todd Skipworth is going to be your other other captain for the 80 squad. So we're going to go to Fairfield week one. It didn't go very good. Yeah. I was afraid of that. Fairfield this scored, is a program on the rise. Fairfield scored 18 in the first quarter, 22 in the second, 13 in the third, scored six in the fourth for a 59-0 win. Oh, wow. um, we did do that without our starting quarterback, unfortunately, who was sitting out um, on an administrative suspension. Um, Coach Mike Ray had to do the coaching duties because Bill Huff was under doctor's orders not to make the Fairfield trip. So not a lot of numbers. Our coach isn't there. Our quarterback isn't there. Coach Mike Ray told the daily record following the game, the only positive thing was we won the coin toss. Um, but don't sell these kids short, short. They have spunk. They ran into a hornet's nest at Fairfield and got the stuffing beat out of them. So, um, tough day for, for the Salukis there. Week two, bigger, quicker Salem. They're mad too. They're not very happy after last year. And unfortunately it's going to be, it's kind of the same result. 43 to nothing. They're going to get the Salukis. Salem shut down Red Hills running game to the tune of minus 25 yards. And mm. uh, so, yeah, this is first year of Chuck the Chuck Buddy era in, in Salem. And uh, they didn't list the passing yards, but I got to think that uh, wasn't, wasn't a whole lot, lot there, um, especially when you look when you can't run the football at all probably going to be very difficult to pass the football too so then we'll go week three mount carmel the headline said awesome mount carmel that's never a good sign we're going to lose this yeah. one 74 to 7 i think if i remember right chip i remember we used to look at all those old barkers i remember looking at this one and it was kind of a I think I know where this season's going after hearing these first few. Yeah, scores. these are familiar scores. I think yeah. we were always shocked that this team was taken because you know we always looked up you know because we guys like Steve Potts and Tony Gaither that um, we just looked at them as good athletes and just we were surprised. But here. but you need more than just two guys here. I'm yeah. not saying the other guys aren't good athletes, but they were kind of the two we knew 
yeah. on the squad. Yeah, uh, Steve Potts did um, pass for 105 yards, though, on 10 of 24. Uh, he was intercepted three times, but a good passing day um, for, for Potts versus Mount Carmel, but just ran into a buzzsaw there. Um, Barbara Adams, by the way, writing all the stories this year for the Daily Record. Um, week four, Carby. Same result, seventy-two to six. They got the got the Salukis. Um, Huff commented, "Quarterback Steve Potts was doing a good job throwing the football. He was seven of seventeen for seventy-three yards, and uh, but again, same result for the Salukis. Can't run the football very well. Only had sixty-two rushing yards, and and they go, they go down early. Um, again, we're down right off the bat." Knight gave up 19 in the first quarter, then 21, 18, 14 for the 72. So uh, tough, tough week again. Week five, got Edwards County. You know, maybe, maybe this could could stem the stem the tide here a little bit. But this is one you circle preseason. You know, you don't have a lot going. You you know if you're going to win a game, like this is the one you got to win. Well, this one didn't go well. <laughs> all um quarterback steve potts suffered a severe head and elbow injury uh sophomore bobby lightus suffered a fractured clavicle center doug cruel is a doubtful starter with a knee going into the next week bill wimberly twisted an ankle he's doubtful for the next week freshman pat seed a defensive back was an with an elbow jam sophomore halfback doug grismer who um played injured on this week he may have to start at quarterback next week because of all the injuries they ended up uh, cutting this game down with 10 minutes or i'm sorry 11 minutes and 19 seconds left and albion up 49 to nothing they just took 10 minutes off the clock um there's a picture in the paper of the referee talking to the coach bill huff and that's what they decided to do not sure why they took 10 minutes and played the last minute exactly but uh but that's what they did. So really just run out of play, just out of players, just out basically. of just where they were down to play. And coach Huff said, we're, we're down to playing freshmen at this point. And, and that's not good week six. We've got the Alney tigers. Barbara Adams reports that this game, and you know what we do. We always play Alney tough, except for this year. It was <laughs> 45 to six. Alney got us. Uh, Steve Potts did run one in talking about quarterbacks, ran one in from the 20 to make it 35 to six. Uh, Potts and Robert Gosnell slowed the Alney pass uh, offense by intercepting two of their passes. And Tony Gaither broke away from Alney defenders to receive two Red Hill passes for a 21-yard gain. Uh, like I say, Potts did score on a 20-yard run. His passing in this game uh, only completed two of 12 and uh, had a net passing yardage of 21. So, Things aren't going well, but we're going to go to Flora or play Flora week seven. 48-6 Flora. Uh, Potts did hit Bill Blackwell, who we haven't heard from, on an 18-yard pass for a touchdown. So he did get a touchdown pass in this one. Uh, he went seven of 19 for 23 yards, and that included that 18-yard pass play to Blackwell. So... Going into week eight against Oblong. Now, come on. Here we I'm go. I'm feeling good here. Don't. They're not as good as they were in the 70s. <laughs> Do not feel good. <laughs> 50 to nothing. Oblong gets oh, us. God. 
Bill Huff said, evidently, Tony Gaither played his heart out. Uh, Bill Huff said, Gaither can't do it all by himself. He was assisted by Bill Blackwell, who also intercepted a oblong pass. But uh, tough day for the Slukies, although it was comp- uh, uh, effort as they did gain 110 yards on this one. Potts completed three of 20 passes for 50 yards. Doug Grismer caught a couple, and uh, Tony Gaither caught a couple. So the last week, we're going to go to Lawrenceville. I don't feel good. And no, you shouldn't, honestly. Uh, Lawrenceville's pretty good. Um, I believe they were pretty good. I shouldn't say that. Um, but they had some. I know Bobby Christie that year, he was kicking PATs and field goals like crazy. And I believe their quarterback was uh, that I read was Jeff Gear at this time. Okay. Which is, yeah, and I don't know if Doug Novsek, he was a sophomore quarterback, but I don't know if he stuck with football after his sophomore year. I, I don't I feel like he didn't. Um, yeah, I, don't, I was I was surprised to see him on the roster as a sophomore. I never knew he played football and was good too. Yeah, so I, I when I said Lawrenceville, I, I was right here. Uh, the tribe finished one and six in the in the NEC and were two and seven overall. So their their big run is over, but uh, they did get the Salukis sixty two twenty eight. Uh, highlighted though, Doug Grismer did catch an eighty yard pass play from Potts. And uh, so that was the highlight. Uh, quarterback rec, uh, yardage in this one, 7 of 13 for 145 yards. That big one to, uh, to Doug Grismer helped out. But Slukies did score 12 in the third quarter and 16 in the, in the fourth quarter to, to get 28 points. Um, Grismer on a five-yard run. Uh, who's the other one? Grismer on another one, run. So um, not too bad to end the season, scored some points, but just a tough, tough year for the Salukis as as they were inexperienced, didn't have a lot of numbers, um, and the injury bug got him. That Albion game, just reading that story, it sounded like a just a decimation. Oh, yeah. Everybody getting hurt. So tough year for the Salukis, but, you know, they, they they a lot of the articles talked about that they, they continue to play hard, had some hard-nosed kids, but just a little bit out outgunned in most games for uh, for the Salukis. So before we move on to 82, we've uh, chip we've got number 2 and number 3 left in the everybody's favorite game sponsor. We haven't heard from Andrews or Pizza House. Andrews and Pizza House who we got left. So Okay, uh, I'm going to stick with Andrews that's who I guessed earlier and I was wrong. I'm going to say they're at 3. You're going to say 3. Hey, you want to talk pizza? I do. And when we do, we talk Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. You know where they're located? Right across the road from the dog pound. It's going to get busy here in just a few weeks. Football season starting. And there's nothing better before or after a football game than a good Bridgeport-style pizza. And the August pizza of the month at the Pizza House is back by popular demand. It's the Philly Cheese Steak Pizza. They take that Alfredo sauce as the base and layer on grilled Philly meat along with sautéed peppers and onions and then throw on the mozzarella and then they bake that bad boy to perfection. You can get a 10-inch for $10.99 or a 14-inch for $17.49. So give them a call. 945-FOOD. That's 945-3663. 
to order that or one of your other favorite pizzas. You know they're closed on Mondays, but Tuesday through Saturday, 4 to 9, first Friday of every month, they're open for lunch, 11 to 1. Don't forget, they can deliver it to you. Go pick it up. Dine in. Tyler Griffin's Pizza House, <laughs> 945 Food. Speaking of the dog pound, good luck to the Salukis this year, the current Salukis as they go into this season. And uh, when you're at the game, look on the look on the fence. You'll see a, a banner advertising the old school Red Hill podcast. So we're glad to be part of the current dogs as well. Yeah, those of you that listen, when you see that banner there, point it out to a friend and have them um, get, find an episode of their choice in the 52 that will – by then it'll be 53, 54. Maybe they're listed there. Have them find an episode and give us a try. One thing I liked, you said that Steve Potts was number 10. I like a little tradition that's developing here. Jim Baker wore number 10 in yes, 75. Um, Tracy Legg then wore number 10 when he was the quarterback in 76 and 77. Uh, Raymond Price wore, it in 70, wore number 10 in 78, 79, and 80. And then Steve Potts wore number 10 and 81. So <laughs> that had to be on purpose, had, right? Yeah, because because Potts would have had to switch numbers. So I'm sure he's because he would have been with Ray the year before. So I like that these quarterbacks are wearing number 10. Um, I'm not I, I don't have the number of my next quarterback, but I don't know that that continues next year. So let's get started with 1982 then. And we got some big changes now. These are changes that have been discussed before. We have a new head coach for the first time in the history of Red Hill High School. Wow. Bill Huff will not be the head coach of Red Hill. We have a new a new guy. He's a Terre Haute native. Who? He's from Terre Haute. Now, he's been up at Wyanette, up in the northern part of the state oh, for the wow. past um, four years or so he's been at Wyanette. He's got a 12 and 24 career record. So this is a really, this guy's an unknown in the community. Like no one knows him. And his name is William Wesley Evans. Okay. You may know him better as Bill Evans. Yes. The Bill Evans era is now underway. So if you go back to listen to our very first episode, we get into him applying for this job and the interview and the looking for driving through town with Mr. Rice, looking for houses yeah. and um, all that, that led up to him coming to a place that he was unfamiliar with and they were un not familiar with him, but, and it was a fantastic decision by the administration and the school board on this. And you know what? I forgot to play my song. So I bet when they were driving around looking for houses, this may have come on Waco while they were driving around. I had to. Okay, there's my 1981 song. I and then, well, uh, Coach Evans has got actually a, three assistants this year. So maybe one might be a volunteer basis, probably two paid assistants and a volunteer, as we call them now, $1 coaches. So Mike Ray and Jeff Lynn have decided to stay. That's always something or the assistant coach is going to leave with the, uh, with coach Huff and they've decided to stay on staff with, um, with coach Evans. And then he's brought along Doug Hardacre. So this is the first oh, time that wow. we know of that a former quarterback in our 
series here has then come back to coach a little bit. We know that's going to happen a few more times over the years. Yes, There's going to be some former quarterbacks coming back to coach, but Doug Hardiker started that trend. And let's see. We've also got our managers listed this year. Our managers of the team. It's a young staff will be, this is 1982. This is going to be fourth grader. Corey Ray It's going to be managing the team. Um, second grader. Chad Ray will be one of the managers. Kindergartner, Colin Ray, will be managing the team. And then the veteran of the bunch, kind of leading up the management squad with his experience, he's probably, he might be in, I don't know what he's, he'd be, I guess he'd be in ju- junior high now. Everett Arnold. Oh, not, wow. Yeah, Everett, Everett Arnold is going to be managing the team. So, yeah, this that. would have been, is he in your class, Brian? Yes, he was. So I believe this has been ever eighth grade. So they're kind of, you know, they see a little to kind of get him in the program right now. Good idea. Um, so Everett's going to be heading up the management squad there. One thing I noticed, it's always tough with a new coach. There's no Grismers on this roster. And there's two of them walking the hallways right now. There's not a Grismer listed on the roster. So Doug did not go out his junior year. Sean did not go out his sophomore year. Okay. This hurts. This reminds me of Coach Bagby comes in in 89 and some kids that he had, that had pay, played on that playoff team the year before not not coming back out for football with a coaching change there. Um, things would have probably gone a lot. It would have been – things would have been a lot better with those two guys. And, I mean, two guys can make a huge difference on a small – on a roster that's already small – Two fantastic athletes, but yeah. we'll get we'll probably get to more of them in some later years. Right. The no Grismers on the roster, so it looks like our backup quarterbacks this year. We're gonna have sophomore Art Harvey, freshman Mike Cress are listed as your backups, and we're gonna go into the season with one of our favorites around here, Jimmy Medlin's gonna start the season at quarterback. He's a 5'10, 150 pound junior, and there will be other guys take snaps throughout the year that were not listed as quarterbacks on the original roster. I'll kind of get to that in a little bit. And that, you know, Evans is learning a lot coming in here. He's kind of learning. He's having to mix and match a lot and play guys at different positions to find what's going to work. We're coming off other than that season Gary had, we've had some, that four and five, Gary had a good season, like 77 or something. And then Gary told us about a good season in 80. Otherwise, it's pretty much been 0 and 9 and 1 and 8 seasons yeah. lately. So it's going to be an uphill climb for Coach Evans. And it does take, it is a hill. It's going to take a little bit to climb here, but he climbs it pretty quick. Let's see here. Well, let's, well, let's start with the Jimmy Med. I was going to say, if, if, if the number 10 definitely would have ended because Jimmy wore number 12. That's oh yeah, I can see that now. Number twelve. So I like that he's kind of decided he's gonna be his own man. He's gonna break out from that, and he he wore that number twelve proudly. So kind of going through some. We start with Fairfield, of course. Uh, that was a and took a took a loss to Fairfield. We had that tough beginning of the season. He passed for thirty two yards against Fairfield, eighteen against Salem. Uh, six of 12 passing for 74 against Mount Carmel. We always seem to put decent passing yards yeah. against Mount Carmel. Um, 
And then Carmi had a really good, his best game of the year. Um, Medlin went eight for 19, 159 yards. Two touchdown passes to Raymond Pank. Okay. Not Raymond Price. This is our first Pank mentioned on this. We had Dave, his brother earlier, as center, which I'm really surprised Dave Pank was a center. He's not your prototypical, I was, well, he's kind of like tall, skinny type guy. But um, he was he was more, yeah, he was definitely more stocky than, okay. than the next two Panks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Raymond Pank was definitely a favorite target of Medlam back then. And then I, I don't know if I mentioned, I think I said it, but if I didn't, three receptions by Deb Parrott. I'm kind of just going quickly over the season because episode five is our 82-83 school year, and David King really goes in-depth on every game. So I'm kind of leaving this as a teaser. If you want more information on some of these games, go back to episode five. We were just kids learning how to do this thing back then. And uh, and at episode five, David King was already doing a very good job of breaking down the season. So one thing we talked about in that King episode all of a sudden, there's a quarterback change week five. Okay. This is after Medlin just passed for 159 yards against the against the Carmine Bulldogs. All of a sudden, week five, Pank is playing quarterback. Ray Pank, who had just caught two touchdown passes, okay. is now playing quarterback all of a sudden. And one thing Brian um, hypothesized that well, we want to get Medlin, you know, get, get the ball in his hands, have him run the ball, get that bigger quarterback back there with Ray Pank. And then Gary actually on the air found some information that Medlin was actually out for week five. So the quarterback change probably wouldn't have happened, but Medlin was out for week five. Um, so at this point, Pank has moved the quarterback for the Edwards County game. We did lose that game, so we're out or we're, we're, we're off to an 0-5 start in Coach Evans's first year. Pank went 7 for 27, throwing the ball over the – throwing it a lot for 36 yards. And Pat Seed is becoming his favorite target. Sophomore Pat Seed played some defensive back the previous year. Got some speed. He, uh, since Pank was the number one receiver, Pank's at quarterback now. Seed is now the um, number one receiver on this squad. And – as Brian mentions on the King episode where David King's breaking this down episode five, <laughs> we know Pat seed more as a basketball player, but had a, had a pretty good football career at, at Red Hill. So um, I guess the question, when you go into week six against only we're Owen five, do we stick with Pank or do we bring Medlam back? Now, one thing I will say it was seven for 27 passing, but it sounds like there were a lot of passes off receivers' fingertips. So, Pank was throwing a good ball. They just weren't getting – catchable balls weren't always being caught. So, that seven for 27 can sometimes be deceiving. And uh, he, he played a better game than yeah. that may have looked. How T. Ward was actually back for a little bit during this season, okay. but his left midseason. Cool. I was hoping for the – the statistics again. I didn't get those this Where time. In the world, did he go? I so I'm guessing maybe they were. It was kind of an emergency. They needed somebody to cover the season until they got somebody else. So he he agreed to come back for a few weeks. So Warhol, uh, 
Think about this job, the Tribune. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Laura Laura Hill, who I know her, she's familiar to me because she covers that 83 Lawrenceville State Championship team. So Laura Hill is now on at the Daily Record. and But David Wright was covering a lot of the Red Hill games. I don't know if he was. Did Barbara you know, Adams go to the Bridgeport leader, I think? If that's just, if, if Barbara Allender, I'm wondering if it's a thing. Barbara oh. Allender, when I was oh, so, if, oh, so I, think, yeah. I was I'm getting ready to say that Barb Allender, but it could have been Barb Adams before yeah. she was Barb Allender. That's right. Wow, more to, um, more to dig our teeth into. <laughs> um, David Wright wrote a little bit. I'm guessing he was kind of like you know just brought in as because she couldn't be two places at one time, which, which is great. Cause eventually they or before it would just be, you couldn't be two places at one time. You just had to get the information from the coach and make your own article. But I like the way they're putting people in two different locations. Yeah. So David Wright covered most of our game, the rest of the season up until the Lawrenceville game where Laura Hill could just cover, obviously there's only one game to cover that weekend. So that is, that's another change besides the quarterback is the, is the sports writer change. When I had written that, I didn't realize that, <clears throat> Ward wasn't around the previous season either. So we go to week six at Alney, and we have kept Raymond Pank at quarterback, and we played him tough, guys. 38, 30 to 18 loss. And this is we 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 raved about this on the 82-83 episode. We consider this a turning point game. This is Coach Evans trying to get a program turned around, and it hadn't been going well to start the season, but this playing playing only to a 30 to 18 game like this, there's hope now. Yeah. There's definitely hope. The quote from coach Evans is we finally have the right players in the right places because Pank threw two touchdown passes that game. They weren't actually to Pat seed. They were to Jimmy Medlin. So, so mixing and matching here, he's got the guys in the right in the right places. I don't know why Don Paddock came in. It's a close game. Paddock was in at quarterback late. This guy came from nowhere on the quarterback depth chart (laughs) in the closest game of the year. I'm guessing paint got injured at some point, but uh, I'm surprised Medlin didn't go back to quarterback and David Wright could have just had his numbers mixed up on the roster too. Cause this guy is his first time covering the Salukis. He doesn't probably know who's who. So Don Paddock may not have played quarterback in that game, but that's what the paper said. Um, and then we go on to uh, wrap up the season. We actually did, we didn't win a game this year. We would lose to Flora. Uh, Seed continues to catch passes. Oblong, we played them tough, fourteen to seven. A team that'd be as what fifty to nothing the year before Oblong. So it was an zero and nine season, but things are turning. We mentioned it on the 82-83 podcast also, but I'll mention it here too. These names I keep throwing a, throwing around a lot, and we, we we have fun with it, and we love talking about these names, but it is it, every time I mention the name, I kind of think about these, because these quarter these athletes that I looked up to, that we we lost these two quarterbacks so, so early that Jimmy Medlin passed away in 1987, and then Raymond Pank passed away in uh, 2018. So I just want to let our listeners know as we kind of talk about this and we have fun with this, that we do remember them. We And um, we obviously have great memories of them. It's, you know, sad that they yeah. that they passed so soon. So I want to make sure I definitely got a chance to For mention sure. that. couple other things. Um, let's see. Oh, and then the, to end the season, I want to mention one more thing. There's a freshman that caught a 40-yard TD pass, Tony Worth. So 
we lost to Lawrenceville, but hey, Hank's a senior, right. but you got Medlin back. You've got Tony Worth, obviously, he's going to be a factor. You got Pat Seed, it's just a, he'll be a junior next year. And gosh, let's let's work the hallways and try to get those Grismer boys out for football next year. Um, and of course, you got a host of, you know, Jerry Worth, obviously a key player on this team, but I'm sticking with quarterbacks here. So we're oh, another 0 and 9 season. Of my four seasons I covered, three of them were 0 and 9 seasons. But next year, I guess That's we gotta figure run. out. We gotta figure out next year. We're gonna put Medlin back at quarterback. What are we gonna is do? There some, uh, is Art Harvey gonna move into QB? I mean, what's gonna happen? And in nineteen eighty three, Mike Cress, I haven't mentioned him. Yeah. There's um, lots of Don, possibilities. Apparently, apparently Don, Don Paddock. Don Paddock's <laughs> in the running. Guys, we, we got, got a lot to talk about. We got to work the hallways, Coach Evans, oh, and I think he's going to. I wonder so, what Gary. What do you got? Oh, we got probably another commercial, there, don't we? We got one more commercial. I wonder what song they were playing though in nineteen eighty two. Yeah, and I, yeah, I would say, and I really wanted to open the season with this song. I forgot to write that down. That Ed, Evans a good motivator. Oh, and yes. I'm sure those few players that he had, they bought in, and I'm sure going into this season. He had them going into that Fairfield game with the eye of the tiger. You know, during that summer, guys like Mark Heath and Chris Goff were going over to Vincennes and watching Rocky Three. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, Scott Mills, the aforementioned Doug Cruel. They all love this movie and love this song. Blackwell's still there. Joey Croslow and Donnie Paddock. All right. That will wrap up chips. Okay. So if we don't, if we're not able to get any new recruits out for the team, I'm really pulling for Art Harvey to get this quarterback job. So let's see what happens here. Well, here's what's going to happen right now. We're looking for insurance. We hope that you would call the Andrews Insurance Agency at 542 Main Street in Bridgeport. Terry Andrews and Justin Shear are your independent agents and they're your professionals for all of your farm, commercial, and personal insurance needs. And they've been strong supporters of Red Hill Athletics for decades. So if you're brought down by a pack of dogs, get off your seats and on your feet. And see T-Bone or Juice and give them a call at 618-945-2881 at the Andrews Insurance Agency. Gary Emmons brings you 1983 quarterback right after Chip says something. <laughs> I've got one more thing. Like, you're talking about the, the number 10, <laughs> the passing of the number 10 uniform. Somebody sees something here. I know who's We're got it. I, I think I know who's got it. I'm going to guess. I, I have, I'm not looking at anything. I think it's Joey Croslow. It's not Joey. No. Great guess. I think he was number, I can't, t- uh, 20, 22 maybe. Um, but it was uh, Donnie Patrick, <laughs> number 10. So <laughs> they obviously saw something in him. Well, so maybe he he's probably the odds on favorite. Because I don't think they're moving Bedlam back to quarterback. So if Huff, probably the, uh, if Huff was the coach, he probably wouldn't even have tryouts. <laughs> he just would have said, cheers, kid. <laughs> Gary Emmons, what happened in 83? Well, Chip said that we need to get some more players out in 83, and I tell you what, Coach Evans did it. He said he was out recruiting. 
he ended up asking 62 kids to come out and he got 46 to come out for the season. That's awesome. Okay. The other good news is we got the Grismer boys back on the team. Okay. So of that, that's, that's, that's never going to hurt you. If you have two Grismers on your team, uh, looking at the, some of the, the players coming back for this year, uh, the starting offensive line this year was going to be center Shane Creeters, guards Brian Bushy, and Art Harvey moves to the line. 140-pound <laughs> Art Harvey. He is no longer in contention for quarterback. And this was Brian Bushy's first year to play football. Hey, Todd and Bushy. Tack- Todd Bushy, I mean, yeah. not Brian. And, uh, and tackles, bookend, left tackle Jerry Worth, and on the right side we had Larry Craig yeah. uh, were the tackles. So, on paper, another guy we lost too early. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, and you know, you got a first-year player, Bushy. You got Art Harvey at the guard positions. That's that, that's probably a little worrisome, I think. Especially Art was only 140 pounds and played quarterback. Strong before, though, <laughs> strong, strong kid. And Bushy was a heck of a wrestler too, which always is a is a big help when you're offensive lineman. Of course, I think Jerry Worth and Larry Craig were both wrestlers. I'm not sure about Creeders, but so that I don't was know your if Todd line. Bushy ever wrestled. That was no, Brian. So I'm thinking I've got the Bushy Boys yeah, all. Yeah, you got them mixed up. up. Yeah, Todd played basketball for a while till he, he Coach oh, Brooks yeah. didn't see eye to eye. Yeah. So the newspaper article of the preseason, it was two weeks before the first game. But it in the article, Donnie Paddock's won the job. Oh, okay. So Number Donnie 10. Paddock, he's he's going to be your junior quarterback. He already had the jersey. He had the jersey already. Did say Sean Grisner was going to compete for the position. So you got Sean going to compete, but Donnie's been named. You have a uh, first-year player, Brett Atkins, coming back, right? He didn't play last year. So you, no. got junior, you got a wide receiver, uh, Brett Atkins, and Tony Worth probably rotating plays in. You got Pat Seed back at tight end. You got Bobby Lydis, a flanker. Got some real got, speed on this team. And then you got Jimmy Medlin and Doug Grismer in your, in your backfield. And uh, Jimmy was the leading rusher the year before. And they say he started the first, what, four or five games at quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you talk about skill players, even though some of these guys have never played before with Brett, but very, very fast. And uh, like I said, getting getting Doug and Sean, you know Sean's going to contribute. And uh, But getting both those boys back was, was very, very important. So, you know, September 9th, first game, Fairfield. Would we just go 0-9? Yes. Well – Broken record here with me. We are gonna we're gonna play Fairfield, and this time's at home, right? Do we say odd years are at home with Fairfield? Yeah, that's right. No, at, that this would be at Fairfield, right? Even years at home. Yes, yes. All right. So go to Fairfield, and we pull out a twenty-two to fifteen victory. All right. But that's not what the shocking part is. Okay. Out of nowhere, Sean Grismer wins the job. Oh wow! And not only does he win the job. Sean Grisberg goes nine of seventeen for two sixty one and three touchdowns. So this Pat was C. mid game. He got the job. Well, no, he he started the whole game, but Donnie Paddock was named quarterback early on and did uh, not. So I think that's a little. Um, I think Evans probably. I think inside that camp, they knew who the quarterback was going to be, but that's a little. I think, think he's playing. With, think he's playing some games on the mules yeah, with the media so yeah they're, go- they're looking for that donnie paddock footage from only last year they're All studying right. that and then this guy that wasn't even on the roster is going to show up and be the quarterback i like it so you got sean's a junior doug's a senior but i mean as part of efficiency nine of 17 261 three touchdown 
Pat C catches four for 128. Wow. Red Atkins, 47-yard touchdown pass. Seed has a 27-yard touchdown reception. I meant Atkins reception. And Pat Seed has an 80-yard touchdown reception from Sean. So we come out of the gates quick, throwing the ball all over the field. Sean also hit Lightus on a two-point conversion. So we start off nice little win, 22 to 15 over Fairfield. Coach Evans' first win of many. Coach Evans' first oh, win yeah, of many. Yeah. So week two, September 16th, we got the Salem Wildcats. Coming uh, and we're gonna we're gonna play them tough. Dang it. And in fact, before the game, written on the chalkboard in the locker room, Coach Evans writes, pretenders or con- or contenders. Big question mark he put. Coach Evans was yeah. he did a lot of that stuff in the locker room, but he he writes pretenders or contenders. So I don't know. Everyone's feeling good about themselves. One and zero coming into this game, and guess what, guys? We pulled it off. We beat Salem thirteen <laughs> six. Dang! <laughs> Sean Grisman had a thirteen yard uh, pass to Atkins, twenty two yarder to Seed. Sean goes five of twenty for one hundred twenty five yards. Through two touchdown passes, he did have three interceptions. The interception bug's gonna gonna get him this year. But another great win, and the article went on to say they went into the locker room after the game. I don't know who the Saluki was. Maybe Jerry Worth. Who knows who it was? Someone crossed out the word pretenders and oh. only left contenders left on the chalkboard. Oh, and wow. well, after that. And, and then you got the banner that's going to go on Judy Avenue. That's right. So that's, right. that's pretenders or contenders, not pretenders across Judy Avenue during yeah. that season. That was. There's where it all started. That's where it stemmed. What it stemmed from. I think so if Harold Tucker every time I think of that banner, why would I do that? I don't know. But he, he probably helped. He probably did it. the artwork on yeah, it. Yeah, I think. I think. I think so. Maybe there was an article in the paper about it or something. Okay. I know every time I, I'll do some research on that. But. Yeah, because guys, I only use Vincent Sun commercial. That's probably more of a daily record article. Okay. <laughs> so week three, Mount Carmel, tough one, tough game all around. Good. Doug Grismer breaks his ankle. Yeah, I remember this. So Doug broke his ankle. They hammer's pretty solid, 36 to nothing. Uh, Sean went 5 of 17 for 49 yards through four interceptions this game. So just a couple games in, he's already thrown seven picks. Uh, so that was a rough one. Uh, two and one, though. We've got Carmi. And guess what, guys? We're gonna we're gonna go to OT with Carmi and we're gonna pull it out 14 to wow. 6 over the over the uh, over the Bulldogs. Sean goes two. I'm sorry, ten of twenty-two, 150 yards, and his one touchdown pass was an overtime, a ten-yard touchdown pass to Brett Atkins, and they also hooked up on the two-point conversion for the 14 to six victory. Dang. Was this game at home or at Carmi? This would have been at Carmi. Okay. No, I'm sorry. I keep getting that backwards. This is an odd year. Odd year would be at home. Okay, because I do I do remember this. This was my first time ever, like, I didn't know about high school overtime rules. I know we'd had some other ones earlier, but I was too young to, to you know, I probably wasn't there, too young to know what was going on. But, yeah, this was my first time ever seeing an overtime um, uh, game for high school. I was fascinated by it and, and left the field ecstatic. Well, and on top of that, how ballsy was it for, for Coach Bill Evans? He, he, he named this the homecoming game against Carmi. Was this, my fresh- this would have been my freshman year, right? 
Yeah. 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 I, I went to that. I, yeah. Okay. I remember going to that game. I rode with uh, Amy Holtz to that game in Salem. I don't have no oh. recollection if we won or lost, but I remember riding with Amy Holtz. I think that for me, this is the Barker. This is the one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of all the ones we of all the ones we used to, this is the one that I think probably got the most. Well, if you went with, yeah, if you went with Amy Holtz to Salem, you guys won that game, right? Yeah, I have no recollection of that game. (laughs) So we beat the, so we beat the Carmine fourteen to six. Another pretty solid game for Doug, throwing it all over the field. He sent through for one hundred fifty yards in this one. Sean, Uh, pretty solid game. What's that? Sean. Sean, I am messing this up. I'm sorry. It's all these different names I'm messing up. We're gonna go to play Edwards County. We're now sitting at three and one, guys, and we're gonna we're gonna hammer Everett's County forty four to six. We're hot. Sean goes ten to twelve for two hundred and five yards. Lydis is gonna catch four passes for a hundred yards. Bobby Lydis. Atkins catches fast. a 30, 38 yard touchdown pass in this one as well. Wow. Okay, Olney. We're now what four and one. Obviously, never been four and one, right? We're feeling good. We are going to hit a bit of a slide here, though, unfortunately. Played Olney pretty tough. Did lose 25 to 12. Sean again goes 12 of 30, 201 yards. Did throw three picks. He hit Atkins on a touchdown pass. Uh, Pank, Seed, and Lydas all had three three catches in this one. Coming back to earth a little bit. We go to, we're going to play four next. Lose 26 to 12 to Flora. Sean, 16 of 37 for 111 yards, two more touchdowns, one to Worth, one to Atkins. So we're still throwing the ball well. And then this one, I'd say this one probably still haunts Coach Evans to this day. Yeah. We lost 22 nothing to Oblong in this one. So we've now lost three in a row. We're now sitting at four and four. Against Oblong, though, Sean throws for another. I mean, 11 of 24 for 152 yards. He threw two picks. Unfortunately, both were returned for touchdowns. So, you know, you, you take away those, but, of course, we didn't score, so I guess it doesn't matter. But they scored two defensive touchdowns. The defense didn't play so bad in that game. So, guys, we're, we're sitting at four and four. Um, 15-year losing streak to Lawrenceville. And we got Lawrenceville right now, 83. So that means we are going – we're at home, right? You no, know, yeah, we're playing home against Lawrenceville. In 83. Yep. Sitting at four and four, 15 year losing streak. Tight game. We're down 18 to 14 with five minutes to go. And articles have been written. I think most recently, uh, probably even maybe not most recently, but I know in 92, I know uh, Dave Staver used to call Coach Evans wild. Bill, if you guys were on the Facebook page, there were some of the comments on the picture I posted uh, with uh, Sean throwing a pass. But Wild Bill, with five minutes to go, is when we took over down 18-14. We got a little gadget play. Try to keep track here. Grismer pitches to Medlin. Medlin hands it to Lydus. Lydus gives it back to Sean. Sean then fires a 39-yard touchdown to Brett Atkins. As we are down 18-14, we're now up 20-18 to with now like three minutes to go in the game. So we think the wildness is done. It's not. On the two-point conversion, another gadget play. Sean pitches to Jimmy. Jimmy Medlin, you know he's got to play quarterback. Jimmy then passes to Worth for the two-point conversion. We go up 22-18. to 18. 
Marshall gets the ball back and stalls. That stalls out. Red Hill, winning season. Wow. Five and four. Now listen to these numbers, guys. Okay. Against Lawrenceville, 13 to 22, 157 yards, two touchdowns, one to Worth, one to Atkins. He was the NEC's top passer. I mean, I don't think that's any big shock, right? If you heard any no. stats, I think he only didn't go over 100 one time. And I was uh, getting with coach, current coach Billy Gray to see, because I can't remember, but I don't know if there's a quarterback that's ever thrown for this many, in, this many yards in a season. I know Billy threw for over 1,000. When I coached Brady Decker, threw over 1,000. Mick Gray was over 1,000. But those guys, I think, were about the 1,100, 1,200, 1,200 range. Sean goes 90 of 200. 12 touchdowns, 1,411 yards on the season. Did throw 18 interceptions, but when you throw 200 times, things like that are going to happen. But sure. I don't know if a Red Hill quarterback's ever thrown for 1,411 yards. What uh, a season. It, yeah, it what a season. Evans was named coach of the year, too, in this one, which uh, very deservingly so, mm-hmm. going five and four after, you know, coming back for what, the, it, this, this is his third year. And a great, great Second homecoming year. week. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, yes. You can go back to the. I think it's around episode eight or so. You yeah. can uh, listen to the homecoming episode. Sean was named honorable mention NEC quarterback. Mount Carmel's quarterback, uh, of course, was named first team. Oh crap! Forty-two and ninety-one for seven hundred and forty-one yards. I'm sure, sure the kid ran it, and of course they won. They won the the conference that year. Brett Atkins, first team All Conference NEC in his first year. Uh, Pat Seed, first team tied in. Jimmy Medlin, first team uh, linebacker. You know, you had a you had a great, uh, uh, obviously to to this point, just a great great football season. They did trick us in this preseason. I forgot to mention this in the article. Jimmy Medlin, wear number forty in the in the picture of the captains with Jerry Worth, Bobby Lightus, and Jimmy wear number forty. Really? The list as Shannon Grismer. So well, Shannon was given the props here as being a captain of the football team <laughs> okay. in his freshman year. Um, but that was that was Jimmy Medlin. So uh, what a year! And yeah. I say this season when I was looking at these games, like I just was shocked because you don't see this very often. These kind of numbers put up. And Bridgeport um, was excited, as they should have been. But that's gonna that's gonna wrap up uh, eighty three with the. A five and four record, and uh, throwing the ball all over the place. A lot of good players. I love that picture too that I posted. If you have a guys, yeah, that was uh, a know, great picture. Yeah, great pass. I mean, the the pass protection was was awesome, and everything was great. And uh, it was just a neat picture taken. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming on top of the press box. So, yeah. Um, but that was a pretty cool picture, and a, and a great season for Sean and the team. All right. Well, that'll wrap up quarterbacks from '79 to '82. I'm sorry, 80. What year was it? 82, yeah. 83. 83. 83. 79-83. We'll pick up uh, with the uh, 84 quarterbacks starting here in maybe a few weeks before the end of football season. Our next episode, we're going to cover the 1995 football season. And after that, the next episode, we'll go the 1977-78 school year. We'll do a another school year episode. And like I say, we'll try to, try to get another quarterbacks episode in uh, by the by the end of football season, but uh, that was fun talking about the signal callers and and everybody that that did it. But what else did we talk about in this episode? We talked about Hal T. Ward and his son Ralph. 
Yes, we did. <laughs> the $35,000 lights. MVP Tony Lightus. We talked about Chris Goff and Mark Heath possibly going to see Rocky Three. We, we went from Art Harvey quarterback to Art Harvey right guard. Yes, we did. Merle Harvey was one of the best defensive players in the conference that didn't get to talk about him much back when he played. Is Barbara Adams and Barbara Allender the same person? Yes, please let us know about that. Number 10. Number 10. One dollar assistant, Doug Hardacre. That was that was a great addition. Yes. We know how good of a coach he is, and that was a great addition to get Jeffrey him on the- Lynn. Yes. <laughs> Dave Pink snapping the ball to whoever the quarterback <laughs> might be. Pretenders or contenders. That was answered on the chalkboard. Mr. Ron Butler and his two sons. And the oldest son's ankle. <laughs> Severely twisted. One of those uh, Butler boys introduced me to dipping Lay's potato chips in ketchup. That was a Brian Butler. Okay. <laughs> Where did this happen? I know we're doing this. Like- At the Butler's house. <laughs> this is their house. Our moms which, were friends. And, okay, I didn't know any of this. Oh, yeah. Which, right. which was the same house that Justin Shear grew up in, right, Brian? That was the same house? I don't know. I think it. I think that was the same house, yeah. Where, where Diane had a haircut place out there. It out, was? Uh, over, you went over the overhead bridge? Yeah, I, don't worry t- I don't know. I'll have to find out about that. I'm pretty sure it's the same house. All right, that's going to wrap up this episode. Quarterbacks. On behalf of David King, who's on assignment, Chip Jamerson, Brian Emmons, Gary Emmons, and we are Red Hill. Let's go white.